0: And each of us will have a primary language. Can you pick yours right now? Can you think out of those five, like which one motive like, makes you feel loved the most? And I wonder if that's how you connect with God as well. Well, most of us will be different in our spouse. That's kind of the law of attraction going on there. Is is that very few couples have the same language. Here it comes,
1: a brand new day But I
0: don't know what will come my way Rise or fall,
1: your love will see Soon, and challenge like your word directs me to what's right and spurs me on right through the fight with the promise of new life. Your word, oh God, you're to me, you're making me. Good evening, my name is Marco and this is Pastor Stan Starkey. You are listening to A Word with God. Tonight we take a little detour from the Songs of Solomon and we find ourselves discussing love languages. So
0: it's kind of a detour, but it's not really a detour.
1: When you say love languages, you mean like French?
0: Well, yeah, like you speak another language, right?
1: Espanol.
0: Yeah, very fluently. I don't do too. You were, badly. in fact, you were my translator when we were in Columbia.
1: I've had better days, but yeah, I, I did all right. I think
0: I had a great trip with you.
1: Well, I, uh, I'm, I'm glad. I, I, can say the same. Awesome. Say the same.
0: We are in the Song of Solomon, we're not, but we're not there tonight. So we're in the Song of Solomon, and this is an excursus. You like that word, excursus. It's a wonderful word. It's an excursus that talks about some things that. Uh, that we all need to know about loving our partner.
1: Well, let's get ready to delve into our Bibles. We're hopping around a few different places, and are you ready to get started?
0: Absolutely. Got your Bibles open to Song of Solomon. This is kind of a sidebar, okay? I'm trying to keep it so that we're preaching the main things in uh, Cortland and Evangel on the same weekend so I don't get confused. So this is a sidebar, and this really comes out of your comment, Caleb, last week about love languages. And so that inspired me to come and do a little bit of work here. Love languages, uh, there are five basic ways that we feel and express love to each other. And there's a guy named Gary Chapman, if you want to do a little bit more delving into this, if you go on the internet and the love languages. And there's actually even a test to find out what your primary language is. And we all operate in all of the languages, but we have some that are stronger than others. And um, that online test is actually pretty cool. And uh, I learned some things about myself that uh, I thought I knew how I operated, but uh, I found out some things. Gifts do not work on me. I mean, I, 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 just, I just do not respond. So, number one physical touch. Physical touch is one of the love languages used. Matthew 8 uh, 11, Jesus used touch all the time, and he was always touching people that you shouldn't be a toucher. I mean, he would, he would come up to people who were, who were lepers, and he would touch lepers. And in that day, you did not touch a leper because not that you're a leper, brother, but you're just handy here. But because you, you would you would get the disease, and like there was just like there was this real thing. Or he would come up to women and he would touch a woman who the community probably would not think was a great idea of touching. Jesus used touch all the time, physical touch. Number two, words of affirmation. Really, just go to the Psalms. And, uh, and you can see words of affirmation. Affirmation towards God. Affirmation towards others. Words of affirmation. Psalm 18. David's love for God is really, really strong there. Receiving gifts. God's the greatest gift giver. John 3:16 and 17 tells us that God is this amazing gift giver. And that uh, we try to emulate him by giving gifts as well. The fourth way that we express or understand love is acts of service. That's Lori's thing. She likes acts of service. I told you last week, if I come up behind her while she's washing the dishes, and, and like she'll let me hug her for a minute too, and then her mind starts to go to, why does he not pick up the dishcloth? Can he not see that I'm doing dishes? And, and Because mine is touch. We're to in a second, like, like I mean, I'm just, I'm just like, I, I love you, I love you. And she's like, oh, man, do the dishes, do the dishes. And we're speaking this language, and we're not listening to each other very well. Acts of service. Isaiah, all the servant songs. God is an amazing servant. He shows his love towards us, us through serving all the time. James also goes on to say, like, love requires action. Don't just talk about it. Do it. Jesus said he came to serve, not to be served. Number five is quality time together. John 3.22, Jesus spent time with his disciples. I mean, always he was just going out and hanging out with them and getting away to a quiet place and spending time with them. So those are the five primary ways that we express love and receive love, and you will find that you will be stronger than one, than another. We're a combination of all of them. It's not like I've just got this. And none of that, and so probably even gifts for me, even though my score says gifts don't really motivate me very much to feel loved. I, I mean, I don't, I don't mind a gift, but I'm, I'm much more like, like touch and time together are like things for me that are just like, I mean, like, like holding my wife's hand, just like I feel like I'm walking like 10 feet off the ground. That is something for me. And each of us will have a primary language. Can you pick yours right now? Can you think out of those five, like which one motive like, makes you feel loved the most? And I wonder if that's how you connect with God as well. Well, most of us will be different in our spouse. That's kind of the law of attraction going on there is, is that very few couples have the same language. We're all kind of wound differently. And I put down here that it affects our children as well. I mean, it's very effective to learn how your children receive love. Because you may be doing something for your child. I'm just loving on them. I'm loving on them. And and we've got a really cool play coming up for Christmas. And we'll be doing some casting calls pretty soon for that. And and it's this slurpy mom. And and, and this this guy is there at the train station. And his mom's slurping all over him. But he's in college. That doesn't go over really good. That's not really his love language. And um, it's good to know our kids. Good to know our spouse too. All right. Back to Song of Solomon. Okay, let's let's tie this back into where we were last week. Song of Solomon, chapter one, and uh, let's look at uh, at these concepts and see if we can find them there. Physical touch. If you go to verse two, as she says, like kiss me with the kisses of your. Okay, Marcos, there like physical touch involved with that? Do you think? What well, seems to get? It seems to rev her engine. Like she's really into uh, like into touch. Verse four. Draw me after you. Remember, she was she was. It, grab my hand and let's run off together. She wants him to, to grab her hand and to run to, There's some touch going on here. Words of affirmation. Verse 1, your love is better than wine. Verse 2, she says you basically smell good. Verse 3, I can't forget how wonderful it is to be with you. Verse 8, you're the most beautiful of women. And verse 15, how beautiful you are, my darling. Like he's got the affirmation. Maybe he knows. That's what, that's what connects with her heart. Remember, all of them will connect, but some will be stronger than others. And these words of affirmation, I mean, he is, it, she is just pouring them out. Receiving gifts, verse 11, we will make for you ornaments of gold and beads of silver. I mean, the gift-giving thing is not stressed about the only place it's mentioned in that whole first chapter. Acts of service. Verse 7, there's doing this, remember this lunch deal they're doing together? And like somebody had to make the lunch, it doesn't just disappear. Like there's a service, an act of service when they're having this picnic together and they're, they're out on the hillside in the middle of the day. Remember, it's just a lunch break. I mean, they don't even have a lot of time. Like, what do you, you, know, what do you get for lunch? A half hour? They're forcing me to have lunch now here. I don't think I need to be forced to have lunch, but I'm, I'm, I'm really bad for working through lunches and working through things. I don't usually stop. Uh, poor Ian, you remember Ian, who was our youth pastor about a few years ago. Ian was here. There was one, we were painting the church in London, and uh, we'd started somewhere seven or eight in the morning, and we worked through the day, and, and it was five o'clock at night, eight o'clock at night, midnight, one in the morning. Five in the morning, I looked over, and, and Ian was like, like kind of leaning against the roller on the pole against the wall, and he was asleep. I said, Ian, Ian, he said, oh, well, we didn't stop for lunch, and we didn't stop for supper, and, and I'm tired, and, and like, like I can get absorbed in things. It's easy to get absorbed in things. Acts of service this lunch, the quality time, verses four. Let's run together. Let's, let's go on this walk. Isn't it, isn't it nice to go for a walk? and hold hands, and talk, and and there's something that happens, but teenage boys, if you have teenage boys, and you want to get their attention, teenage boys have so much adrenaline, and stuff pumping, if you want to get a teenage boy, go for a walk, they'll talk, once they've got something to do with the rest of their body, it kind of wears things out, and, and you're able to get into conversations, that you may never have gotten into before, time together, husband and wife, holding hands, now, don't take the dog with you, that'll make too fast of a walk, but, but just holding hands and, and walking out at night and under the stars, and, and your thoughts and your minds will turn to things, and you'll have conversations you probably never would have if you're sitting in front of the boob tube, time together. Verse 7, where do you plaster your flocks? Where do they make, like they're doing this, spending this time together at lunch, this quick lunch together. Well, I got some homework for you this week, okay? I'm going to ask you next week. There's going to be, I think there's going to be a prize for the, for the person who kind of gets the most of their homework done. So number one, make a list of your love languages in the order of significance to you. If you need help with that, go online to... Um, love languages, Gary Chapman, and there'll be a test in there, and that will help you. So, number one, figure that out. Number two, list what you think, the order of the love languages of your spouse, your fiancé, or the person you're dating. Think about their responses. What is it in, th- in them, what, re- what do they respond to? Kind of prioritize it on down. Number three. I want you to go out on a date together. Okay, girls, so you, can, you can tell your guys. You've had a, you've had, your pastor told you to go out on a date. Go out on a date together and talk about what your love languages are and give the other person yours and ask them theirs. See if you were right. Spend some time together this week. Fourthly, unexpectedly, do something this week that is in your spouse's or fiance's primary language and see how they respond. And do they catch you doing it? I know what you're doing this week. In E, begin to frame your love in ways that touch your partner's heart. Begin to frame your love. Isn't God so good at that? Doesn't God come alongside of you? Doesn't he frame his love in ways that as human beings we can latch onto it and we can understand it and we can feel it? Maybe we should pay attention Maybe we should learn to do that together. Hey, Marco, what are you doing Christmas Eve?
1: I was hoping to spend it with you, Stan. What are you doing?
0: Well, I was hoping to spend it with my wife, but I can spend a little bit of time with you. That would be nice. And uh, we are going to have a Christmas Eve service at Evangel, and it's going to be like have candlelight and good music. Well, that's not because we haven't been able to pay the hydro and they've taken the hydro away. It's candlelight with a purpose, and it's not romance. It's an intimate evening with God celebrating the coming of his son Jesus, and we hope you can be there at evangel community
1: church we're at 112 spadina road west
0: and we'll see you at 7 p.m christmas eve december the 24th we
1: hope you can make
0: it okay like like do you spend money at christmas marco i do oh so do i i I hate spending money at christmas because like there's like the, the MasterCard bill that comes in at the end of January. Mm, yes. And and then there's no money to spend on anything. Like I can't even get a coffee. Ouch. And so like I, I want to really stop that this year. We've got something coming up in the new year at Evangel that I think that could be very useful to some of us. Share with us. Well, we are looking at a course done by Dave Ramsey on financial freedom kind of using your finances the way God would like you to use your finances. And uh, we're just right now beginning to put together the beginnings of a small group that will probably meet between 12 and 13 weeks. And uh, we are looking at uh, this uh, being kind of a break-free kind of a seminar, free from the chains of the bondage of financial mismanagement. And so we hope to hear from you and your interest at joining this group at Evangel Community. I put down here the dark side of love languages. And just as our love languages work to help express love and receive love, they can also hurt people. Put down here, what is used for good and to build up a person can also be used to tear down and destroy a person. And I've noticed, ever ever listen to a couple have been married a long time and they're not getting together and they're they're just those hurtful, those those jabs, those, we don't want to go down there. As our stronger love languages can touch our hearts and make us feel cherished, these same languages when misused can cause the deepest of pain. First one is words of condemnation instead of words of affirmation. Words of condemnation. These are belittling words, blaming words. Words of accusation, insulting words. Ever heard that? Ever heard a husband and wife talk and they're like insult? It's just they insults or fly. It's all done in fun. It may not be so fun. Words that bring up the past over and over again. Number three, words that manipulate and are used to pour guilt and shame on the other person. You always, you never. Words that send the message that you are beneath the other person. And you are fortunate that they put up with you. Never ever heard that between couples? B, physically abusive touch instead of positive touch. Touch that turns to hitting, slapping, inflicting pain. I think also of kids here. Touch that's sexual when it's uh, not the appropriate time in the relationship. That's abusive touch. Touch that makes the other person feel uncomfortable or shamed. Touch when it's manipulative and being used to gain and not give. What about gifts? Receiving loaded gifts instead of good gifts. Here are some loaded gifts. Gifts that become bribes. I'll give this so I can get something else. Gifts that become a payoff. You did what I wanted you to do, therefore now I'll do something nice for you. Gifts that are meant to demean or accentuate a hurtful... I mean, I just... I remember in the, in the church in St. Thomas that, that this, this guy, his wife was a little bit heavier, and he, he bought her this shirt with a pig's backside on it. And she was wearing that around, and she was like, like that was, it was horrible. Gifts that demean. Gifts that are hurtful. Gifts given with no thought or planning. to say, you're not worth much, I man. I just, I just threw this together. Fifthly, or fourthly, acts of grudging service instead of loving service. Acts of service that are done as trade-offs. I'll do this for you if you do this for me. I have a friend like that. Whenever we go fishing, his wife, like if we spent $500 on a fishing trip, his wife wanted $800 to go shopping in Toronto. And he could, it's a trade-off. Acts of service that are used as leverage. Acts of service that come with a price tag. There's something expected. Some guys do this, purposely creating work and chaos in the home. Living like a slob because you know it annoys the other person. Instead of giving a gift of service, you give the gift of chaos. And promises that of, help, excuse me, <clears throat> promises of help that never materialize, promises made. I'll, I'll help you do that. You know, I'll, I'll vacuum when I get home tonight. I'll do a load of laundry, like promises that never get done. The promise is said, but is never acted upon. It's kind of that manana mentality. And finally, withholding time or times of silence. Instead of freely giving our time, firstly, being continually gone to avoid contact. That's the wimps way up. Most men do that. If there's a fight at home, they'll just not be there. they just go away somewhere else. They'll just get busy doing something else. Number two, being present but absent. It's a silent, distant, dissociative, I'm there but I'm not. And thirdly, always canceling, giving the signal that they are your last priority. Well, it's one thing to be able to speak in another person's love language, to understand how to touch their heart. But what's love? I mean, if I was to ask you, Marco, define love for me, like, where would you start? Looking in the Bible. Well, that's good. How do you think the world defines love, Marco? the world says, this is love? Uh, Probably looking at those love languages, time, money, sex. Sex, that's number one. Number two, fulfilling me, making me feel better. What did you say? Indulgences. Uh, number four, kind of the 50-50 partner they're looking for. I'll do 50%, you do 50%, and life should go a little bit easier. Fourthly, someone who makes me feel needed. Well, God's got a different definition of love. 1 John 4, 9 to 11. Let's turn there. First John, last half of your Bible. John, Jude, Revelation. Backwards, go to the back. We're here to study God's word. Not time to zone out. Time to get in. You in the zone yet? 1 John 4, 9 to 11. Nine. By this, by what? Well, by what follows. By this, the love of God was manifest. It means to shine. To shine forth. We had a guy here last night. He had candles. They were shining out. Actually, it was, it was really beautiful. By this, the love of God shines in us, shines out through us. That God has sent his only begotten son into the world. Why? Why would he do that? Here's the purpose. 1 John 4, 9 to 11. Purpose, so that we might live through him. Who's the him? Who are we going to live through? Jesus, right. In this, okay, what's the this? In this act, God sending his son, back you know, back to verse nine. In this, in God sending his son, in this is love. Here's the definition. Not that we love God. That's, that's, not a, that's not a big thing. But, however, that he loved us. And sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. So let's let's put this in a definition then. Love is doing what is best for the other person, even to my hurt. This cost God greatly. I mean, it it was his son. So love is doing what is best for the other person, even to my hurt, even if they don't deserve it. You know, the truth is, no one deserves that kind of love. No one. If you wait until your spouse deserves it, you will never get around to giving that kind of love. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Beloved, verse 11. If God so, or in this way, loved us, we also, in the same way, that's so what that also means, we also ought to love one another, implied in the same way. So the way that God loves us is his definition of how we are to love each other. Now, loving another person for their benefit and their good, even when they don't deserve it, even when it's to my hurt. Do you think that's an easy thing to do? Do you think that's what comes naturally? And we're gonna be studying and looking at these things in the Song of Solomon, and you're gonna say, well, that's just not me. That's the point, it's not you. We don't do these things naturally. We don't love like that naturally. I suck at love, right, baby? I just, I just always am making the wrong move at the wrong time, doing the wrong thing. Not, I mean, it just is not natural. Loving her more than me takes everything that's in me and I might get it one out of 10 times. Because honestly, I'm self-centered. I love me easier than I love her. It's so much easier to love me. I love loving me. Loving me gets what I want. Loving me has got a positive in me right away. I love loving me. But when I love her, I don't always get what I want. And, and I'm going, God, are you sure you got this plan right? Because, because if I love her the way that you say, I, I don't, it doesn't always come back. And Ever find that? Ever find that? God's way of loving is the most difficult thing that you'll ever undertake in your life. Because it means putting aside me and loving them, their best, to my hurt. Even when they don't, that is a hard gig to follow
1: So Stan you were talking about the dark side of love languages and you know things that uh, can be used to destroy a person now I'm just wondering if we need to have set boundaries lines in our relationships you know the the do's and the do nots for example negative talk I've, I've heard. Couples speak negatively to one another, but in jest, calling each other names, stupid, you know, just things like that. But it's done in jest. So, what do you say?
0: Well, it usually doesn't bother me when you do that, Marco, <laughs> but I, I, I I, <laughs> I, you know, I, I love you anyway. No, you never do that. No, no. Yeah, no. you're right. There, there's, there are boundaries. They are, because, I mean, that's, that's not in fun. Uh, people do that. And yet, there's kind of this nudge, nudge, wink thing going on. I am teasing, but I'm kind of not teasing. To the world, I'm teasing, but to my partner, it's a, a very clear. Isn't there usually a lot of behind the scenes history I think that's there gone is on? There's some truth, yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's best to keep that that um, right out of the picture. It's, um, words get out there and they become permanent and you can't take them back. It's like some of those those bad decisions in life. They're just, uh, they're gone. And uh, when the words come out, uh, you can't erase the impact. And so, um, you know, there's boundaries of rightness, um, you know, that we're supposed to be careful of every word. James talks about the tongue being a fire and and it's it's so destructive.
1: Well, I guess the, the same would hold true for play fighting. I teach and the boys like to mm-hmm. i use your word wrestle with one mm-hmm. another well, so do some couples and it's again that's what they do in fun, but something yeah. about that just seems wrong yeah
0: usually there's what i've noticed is there's a lot of stubbornness and there's a lot of uh, self willedness i don't think that's a word, but I'll go with it okay um and so there's this- co- this competition and i've I've watched that in fact that's something that's um both Laurie and I are very competitive and it's, it's easy for us to go over the edge in the competitive you know r- arena. Um, we both are musicians and, um, and we both have ways that we think something should be done. Our sensibilities are different. And so, I mean, we can, before we know it, we can be in a Kind of an argument, but it's not an argument. It's kind of tongue in cheek. But you know what? There's there's a lot of things that that come out that probably really shouldn't take place.
1: Stan, you uh, we're talking about love languages, and we'll be talking about this for another week now. Do they apply to our friendships too? Buddies, guys, guys, girls, girls—is just with our
0: spouses? Sure. No, I mean people are wound how they're wound. Um, you know, I know there's some people that you know their love languages. You know, as a gift, and so as a friend, a small gift just makes you know makes their day. Um, you know, for another one, it's words and words of affirmation. I mean, just think of the people you work with, and there's people that that when you just give them a kind word, when you give them an encouraging word, it just it just they come alive like water on a on a dry plant. But it really, I believe it goes everywhere, Marco.
1: Well, you got yourself a big hug coming after this show, Stan. That's it for us tonight. Thank you very much for spending this evening with us. If you haven't visited our website lately, check us out online, wordwithgod.org. And there you're able to drop us a line or even catch up on some previously missed programs. Life is busy. So listen to us at your own convenience and and be sure to tell some of your friends about us. This week, why don't you explore a little deeper this thing called love languages with that special someone in your life? Take time to, to share with one another the things that you interpret, as being loving. And remember, don't end your day without a word with God. Here it comes a friendly day, but I don't know what will come my way. Rise or fall, your love will see me through it all. You are pursuing the challenge like your word. of new life.